Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Warning. This show contains adult political themes and language. Liberals and little children should cover their ears. Welcome to Liberty Never Sleeps, where negativity never sounded so good. Now here's your host, Thomas Purcell. Good morning and welcome to Liberty Never Sleeps. Make sure to follow the show at our website at libertyneversleeps.com. Follow us on Twitter, Real Liberty Tom. And now you can watch the live video feed at Real Liberty Never Sleeps on Facebook.com. Good morning. End of the week. It was, it's been a, a lousy week, hasn't it? I've tried to do the best on this show. But I got to tell you, with everybody just attacking everybody else up on Washington and everybody getting ready for the three-day weekend, Memorial Day weekend is this weekend, by the way. I hope you have a good one. I know the people in, in Oklahoma and Texas are worried about these tornadoes and whatnot, and I want you to pray for them. But it, everyone's got short-timers disease, and it, and it shows up on the hill. And that's kind of what we're going to talk about today, all the stuff going on up the hill. Because it's, it's government at its finest, isn't it? Nothing is getting done. Nothing is being successful. Nobody's talking about anything productive up on the Hill, which is typical of government, good enough for government work. I make fun of government all the time. My issue really, and when I, when I say I'm a conservative, right, when I say that, I, I believe in small government, but not because of any ideological reason. Not because of any morality reason, like with the religious right. I'm not one of those people. You know that if you listen to the show. My issue is with big government. It doesn't matter who it is. It doesn't matter if it's Republican or Democrat. That's why I don't really identify myself as a Republican. And I'll say straight up that I am a registered Republican. But it's only because most Republicans are fairly conservative. Fairly. But we also have a problem in a party. Big government. And my issue always on this show is big government. It doesn't get anything done right. It doesn't get anything done on a timely basis. It doesn't get anything done on a cost-effective basis. And so that's why I say anything which breaks down the power, authority of government, good. Now, I don't say we should have no government. But government needs to be limited. It needs to be controlled. It needs not to be so overbearing. I believe in states' rights for that reason. I think everything should be a matter of state right. Anything that's not in the Constitution should be reverted to states. I'm a firm believer in the Tenth Amendment. I, thought, I think it should have been the Third Amendment. That being said, it is what it is. It's being interpreted by the courts. I'm willing to live with it. That's our process, too. Anytime that the, the Supreme Court comes down with a decision I don't agree with, I go, well, that's the decision. 
That's our process. We need to change our legislation and then have it go back to the courts and go back and forth. And anytime a federal judge comes out and says, oh, the president can't do this or a congressman can't do that, here's an injunction. I go, okay, that's fine. I'm not happy about it. I'm not happy about some judge in Hawaii telling the president he can't even protect our own borders, but that's the system we have, okay? And I believe in that, separation of powers. I believe that government should never get anything done. Good. I love it when, when a party is called obstructionist. I love it. Anyway, getting back to the point. Up on the Hill, there was an exchange with the uh, uh, Dr. Ben Carson, who's the Secretary of Housing and Urban Development. If you don't know this, Housing and Urban Development is a bureau that, in my opinion, shouldn't even exist. The federal government should not be involved in any way with building housing for anyone. It's not in the Constitution. There's no mention of it in the, in the, in the Founding Fathers documents, in the, in the exchange that went on in developing the Constitution. They weren't concerned about it. It's not a federal issue. If the government wants to build housing for poor people, fine. It's done at the state level. That being said, we have a housing and urban development division. Because, you know, if the federal government isn't doing it, you know, it needs to be done. That is, that's the Democrats' ideology. So we got it. President Trump decided to appoint Dr. Ben Carson to this position. Now, Dr. Carson, for all his faults or for all his good points, okay, he's a brilliant neurosurgeon. He saved many a life. He's certainly not stupid has been appointed to run housing and urban development. This has outraged the liberals. How dare we put somebody who is not a government professional in a government position of authority? How dare we? As if these idiots could get anything done. Nothing gets done in, by government in any sense of the word. Basically, they push papers from one end of the office to other and give certain people money and give other people the, the finger. That's government. That's what it does. If you file the correct paperwork in the correct way, in the correct time frame, you might get some money from the government, and that will come from housing and urban development. That's what it does. So he was up on the hill, and he's basically he's got a little tired of all the stupid questions and wasting his time because he's not used to that. He's a professional doctor, a neurosurgeon. He's used to, okay, the patient is ready, let's cut. He's used to things getting done in a timely and efficient manner, and he's used to having some control over it. He's the doctor. He's the surgeon. So he's up on the hill. He's testifying, and he says, hey, listen, I, he wants some time. He says, I want to I get some time. You know, I don't know how many hours he was there, six, seven hours or whatever, and I don't even know all the questions. I didn't even bother watching it because it's so dreary. If you want to fall asleep one night, very quickly, and you can't get to sleep, turn on your local government channel and watch your city council discuss how they get things done in government. You, I swear to God, it'll put you to sleep in 10 minutes. It is the most dreary job in the world, working in government. So he's up there, and Representative Ayanna Presley from Massachusetts, Taxachusetts, said to Ben Carson after he requested time, he says, he, she was complaining about it. She said, I'm not sure you're fully awake. Maybe you're meant to reclaim in time back to sleep. 
In other words, accusing him, well, you know, you, you're not a government person. The reason that he had wanted some time was there was a discussion about terms in government. They were discussing, well, do you know what REO is, which is real estate option? Do you understand what these initials stand for? Do you understand what that stands for? And Garth says, no, I don't. I'm not a government person. You, you mentioned this like it's an important thing. Like it's really fucking important to know what the initials are of this department or what these initials mean or what that, it's not. You can run this bureaucracy in his sleep for God's sakes. But he didn't know these commit these initials and he said he was tired. And so she made fun of it. So he decides to fight back. He says, well, since you brought it up, I do know what it's like actually to be sleepy especially after an 18-hour surgery and operating on babies in the womb. Man, I mean, he lays out the burn. Of course he knows what it's like to stay up all night. Of course he knows what it's like to be tired. And you don't think he can handle that? This is a man who does, as he said, 18-hour surgeries. Could you stand at a, a surgeon station over a patient looking at microscope, literally, you have to look through a microscope as you do the surgery because you're working on an infant inside the womb, a fetus, which is life, by the way, just as a side note. For 18 hours at a time. Of course, he's bored as fuck when he's sitting in front of this person trying to explain what these initials are. Of course, he needs some time. And then he also tweeted out, he said, while I'm at it, he's also took a shot at Obar. You know, Omar, the 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 one up on the hill is always the anti-Semitic tweets. He says, I hope Ilan from Ilhan from Minnesota, that's her name, Ilan Omar, knows I care about all people, even though she doesn't recognize those that are having his right a right to life. Oh, wow. Slammed her on her views on abortion. That's what I love about Carson. He's as sharp as a tack. Just because he gets a little tired because of boredom doesn't mean he's sleepy. This is a man, as I said, stood up for 18 hours. But this is the kind of thing that's going on. They're, they're taking shots at Dr. Carson over stupid stuff, what an anagram means of, of initials of what department or what type of fund that it's in, when the guy is an absolutely brilliant person and can run this department in his sleep. But they, they won't accept that. They're more concerned about what? Well, do you know what this initial stands for? I mean, this is the very thing that I hate people for in government. It's more important about, and, and listen, in government, knowing what the initials are of, of something, like what does UNESCO mean? What does REO mean? What is the, that, to them, that's important because they're always shuffling, pushing papers from one end of the office to another. But Ben Carson, who lives in the real world and works in private industry and gets things done, knows it doesn't mean Shit from Shinola is the expression. It doesn't mean anything. That's just pushing papers, a bunch of pencil necks, and it doesn't really accomplish anything. So he doesn't waste his time with his mind and don't and and focusing on stupid stuff. He's focusing on what? Getting stuff done at, at housing and urban development, getting the right money and that it was supposed to go to people who need it the most. One of the controversial positions that Dr. Carson has taken is, is look. The law says we're not supposed to give money to illegal aliens. So from now on, we're not going to look at applications from illegal aliens. Everybody went up in arms. And he says, that's the law. Read it. He's getting things done, and that's what's upsetting him. So they're going to start to nitpick. 
Well, do you know what that term means? Do you know what this term means? You know, it's the typical thing. It's like, I, I can't, I, I'm trying to think of it. Oh, you know what? You know what it's like? You know that, that scene in Back to School where the economics professor is lecturing Rodney Dangerfield, who's a billionaire in the audience, about how to run a business? Well, let's run our fictional business. We're going to build a 48,000-foot factory and with a railroad spur. And Rodney Dangerfield says, whoa, 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 time out. That's not how you do it. You lease it a buck and a half a foot. And then you do this, and you, and you take your money, and you roll it over into CDs, and you ladder them. And then you take the interest on that money, and then you invest in the business. And the guy says, whoa, that's not what we're teaching in the classroom. Man, well, you're teaching fantasy land to these kids. That's what the conversation was like between Ben Carson and Representative Presley. It was like that. He's telling you, hey, listen, that doesn't really matter, all these anagrams. I'm getting bored here. I want to take a break. And, and typical, everyone's getting snippy with each other and nothing's getting done. Nothing's getting done. The appropriate people are not getting the money from housing and urban development. They're not getting anything accomplished. Dr. Carson is wasting her time in a seven-hour testimony up on Congress. This is government, folks. This is why I opened the show with big government. I hate big government because they're more interested in what he knows on an anagram than they are with what he does for a living, which is trying to get money to the appropriate people, people like homeless and veterans, which is what housing and urban development is supposed to be for. Anyway, we've got to move on. Today's show is about how dysfunctional government has become. Dysfunctional because of personalities, because everyone's divided on politics, because they're mad that Donald Trump won the presidency. And it's absolutely dysfunctional. It's beyond that now. It's completely non-operational, which may or may not on your point of view be a good thing or a bad thing. So let's talk about it. Let's talk about Trump's meeting with Pelosi because that went right down the crapper yesterday too. We'll be right back. Donald Trump was meeting with Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer. The meeting was supposedly about legislation with infrastructure. Basically, Congress has gone to the president where the meeting was supposed to be about, hey, you said you wanted to spend a trillion dollars on infrastructure. We want to get it done. Let's start hammering out what will be acceptable to people up on the Hill, what will be acceptable to the Republican Party, and what will you sign, Mr. President? We want to spend it here. We want to spend that. And basically, Donald Trump told him to go pound sand. He said, nah, I'm not talking to you today. And they go, what? You had that, yeah, I, could, I could see how that meeting went. The dumb look on, on Pelosi's face and her twitchy face. <laughs> Chuck Schumer with looking down over his glasses, his papers. What do you mean? He said, no. I can see how that meeting went. And Pence off in the corner sitting there, you know, waiting for it all to end waiting for somebody to put him out of his misery, right? Maybe somebody, he's probably thinking maybe these guys will get around to impeachment and I could be president. And then maybe we could all get along again. He don't care. He never, he never says anything important, Pence. So anyway, this dysfunctional government has a meeting and, and basically Trump says, nah, I'm not going to do anything. 
And they go, well, how come? What do you mean you're not going to do anything? You're not going to sign any bill. What are you talking about? You said you trillion dollars. We got all these contractors, which are phony, baloney, crony friends of ours. And we got to pay them all. We told them that you were going to spend a trillion dollars. Well, I'm not going to do it now. Well, how come? Well, you guys are trying to impeach me, he said. He says, you guys are running around with these phony, baloney investigations. You constantly are saying that I'm a crook and I'm a criminal and there's a cover-up. So I'm not going to sign anything. Why don't you go back out in the Rose Garden and pick some bushes and do some good? Why don't you clean up the path on your way out? Pick up a couple of those gum wrappers. And they were totally offended by this. They didn't get it. This is not the way government's supposed to operate. See, they're not used to it. They're used to basically backstabbing all of each other, throwing everybody under the bus, and then still signing and being able to do it. Well, that's politics. It's okay. Wink and a nod. It's okay that you're trying to impeach me. No big deal. We'll still sign the bill. We'll still work together. You know? And it didn't happen. And he, they don't understand that because they, they don't. This is how private industry works, mind you. If you're doing business with another company and you say, well, we want to do a merger and we want to do this and we want to, let's say, put your labels on our widgets and that kind of thing. And you sit down at a table and you work things out and then you have a, you know, a, a glass or a drink, you toast to it and you go, great, we go our separate ways. But if you're going out publicly maligning, the other guy's product, and you go to sit down. He says, I'm not going to do business with you. Screw you. But see, in government, they're not used to that. In, in government, they're all used to the wink and the nod. We all attack each other publicly, and we all laugh about it privately, and we laugh that we're screwing over the American people while it all looks like we're fighting with each other. So they're not used to this. They know it's a phony baloney investigation. They know nothing's going to come of it. They know that there's no real proof of, right, of Donald Trump doing anything illegal. But he, he doesn't care. He's like, well, you guys are acting like it's serious. Well, we're just kidding. You know, we're just doing this so we can raise money. I don't care. You stab me in the back. I'm not signing any of your bills. And this is what they, I mean, can you imagine the look of shock on Pelosi's face and Schumer? That's literally how their, their press conference went. They came back out. They go, hey, he threw us out of there. The meeting lasted only about five minutes. We're, we're, we're just, they were like little kids. It was funny as hell. Watching her talking for, well, there must be a cover-up. Now maybe he is a criminal the way he was talking to us. He treated us like a piece of shit. I don't understand. Yeah, you had it coming, Nance. Nance pants. Yeah, Chucky. Get used to it. We're now running the government like a private company. Put up or shut up. Get out of my office. That's basically what Donald Trump said. Get the hell out of my office. Good for Donald Trump. I'm sick of these politicians all playing games with each other and doing it at the expense of the American people. I really am. I'm tired of them all saying, we're going to investigate this person, we're going to investigate that person, like they did with Hillary Clinton. Well, we're investigating Benghazi. And I told you at the time, I said to you at the time, I said, this investigation is not going to go anywhere. Hillary Clinton's not going to come to any uh, means. He's not going to be held accountable for anything. Those guys in Benghazi died for nothing. And shamefully, we'll talk about it later today, because it came up on CNN, interestingly enough. And I told you, those investigations, all these Republicans are all a bunch of phony balonies. Trey Gowdy, Paul Ryan, a whole bunch of them. They're doing it just to raise money. They all come out, they do these House investigations, and they say, oh, uh, Secretary Clinton, what really went on in Benghazi? Well, I don't know. It doesn't really matter. 
And then, then they send out the letter to all their constituents. Hey, we need to raise money. You need to elect more Republicans because if we had more Republicans in power, then we could go get these guys. And, send the, and you know, the average guy in the street, you know, he's going getting these letters and emails and go, oh, I, I better help. Uh, here's another 10 bucks. Here, can I help you? However, I will help you. And because they, they actually think that they were going to see Hillary Clinton in a jumpsuit. And I told you on this show at that time, and no one believed me. Not even my co-host, Tom Lass. He says, oh, no, Trey Gowdy, he's a good guy. He's trying to get him. I go, BS. They all are, are laughing at, at the American people behind our backs. There ain't no truth coming out of any investigation. And so they're used to that. They're all used to the public thing where they all raise money on each other. And then behind the scenes, they're all buddies. And then they all sign a legislation. And they reach, reach across the aisle. You know that expression. When you listen, when both houses, when both Democrats and Republicans think something is a good idea and sign into legislation, you know it has to do with screwing over the American people. Anytime these two sides get together and reach across the aisle, what they're really doing is reaching into your pocketbook. So they're not used to a president going, ah, go, go outside and fold some chairs if you really want to do some good. There's a whole bunch of press out there and they're all going home. Why not? Because we're not going to tell them anything. Go fold those two chairs. Go clean the place up. And they're not used to it. And he came out and basically said that. He says, well, you know, this meeting went short. And, and then, of course, they use it for political gain. Well, there must be a cover-up. Or he's holding up a trillion dollars. He's being a tyrant. No, the real tyranny is when you guys get together, you sign legislation that are basically screwing over the American people, putting his $22 trillion in debt with all these infrastructure bills so your phony baloney contractor friends can get money. It's nonsense. You know, there was this story about the not building the wall. It was first one mile. Now it's 20 miles. Then they said, well, we're going to have 500 miles built by the, by the end of the year. And this is not a, an indictment of Donald Trump. It's the, this is the bottom line. Big government can't get dick done. I mean, you guy, the guy literally said to the Army Corps of Engineers, the president of the United States says, hey, here's the money. I'm just going to pull it from this fund. I'm going to pull it from that fund. And I get, here's like $10 billion. You go build something. And what happens? Nothing. You would, I mean, how hard is it to build a friggin' wall? We build walls all the time. Buildings go up every day. I see buildings in my neighborhood. Stuff like, you know, Petco, Best Buy's being built all the time. They're up like overnight. One weekend I'm at a store and there's cinder blocks up. I go back next week, they're hanging a neon sign. That's how fast we can build things in America. How come we can't build a simple wall on a border? How difficult is that? And people tell me, well, it's really complex. It's a bullyard fence and it's electronic wiring. Eh, give me a break. Donald Trump knows it too. He knows better. He knows that that wall can be built. They're just dragging their heels. And all these guys, meanwhile, you know, potholes are filling in the street. Bridges are falling down. I, I mean, everybody knows that we can improve our infrastructure. And I'm of the opinion, though, that most of the problems with infrastructure are state problems. I don't believe in this federal money to the states to improve your roads. I'm, I'm sorry. There's nothing in the Constitution about that. The Federal Highway Transport Fund was supposed to be there for, to build the national interstate system, the federal interstate system. It's now built, and that money should be going to maintain the federal interstate system. But they got all kinds of pet projects, don't they? They got all kinds of stupid little bridges to nowhere. They got all kinds of repaving projects and stuff that never get done. It seems like there's been, a, there's been construction. There's a freeway here in town called the I-17. It's in Phoenix. 
goes through the center of town. I don't know how long that friggin' freeway has been under construction. Every time I'm on the damn thing, there's orange cones everywhere and the traffic's backed up. Every time. Meanwhile, you know, nothing's getting done. There's construction. There's eight guys standing around watching one guy dig. I can I should take my cell phone, cell phone with me and take pictures. Look at this. Eight guys standing around while watching one guy dig. I guess that's a union job. It's the whole thing, that infrastructure or anything, is a big boondoggle. So when Donald, when they tell us that Donald Trump is holding up government, good. Good. I'm glad. And the, good. And we're $22 trillion in debt. We don't need to spend another trillion in infrastructure. As many potholes as there are in the street, you know, we don't need it anymore. What we need to do is start paying down the $22 trillion in debt. But these guys, they just don't get it. They're all upset that government isn't working. I'm not. I'm not so upset with that. What I'm upset about is them trying to go after a president for political gain, which is what they're doing. Anyway, we got to move on. Rashida Tlaib, she had munching up on that. Why are all the Trump officials up on the Hill in the first place? Why aren't they out doing their job? Because government is wasting its time interrogating them. For what purpose? To waste their time so that we'll get mad at the Trump administration when shit doesn't get done. No, I'm happy it isn't getting done. But let's talk about that next. Let's take a break. I'll be right back. And we're back. Secretary Munchen was up on the hill. Of course, they want his tax returns. According to the state code or the U.S. code, a House investigating committee, in this case, I think it's the House Ways and Means, has a legal right to request the tax records of any individual. It's a congressional subpoena. Tax code is U.S. Tax Code 26, Section 6103. I looked it up. And it says that in the course of conducting business, the House Ways and Means chairmen can remake a request of the Secretary of the Treasury to look at anyone's tax returns. The reason they want to look at Donald Trump's tax returns, it's a fishing expedition. Not that he's done anything wrong because he would have been arrested. Not that he's avoided taxes because he would have been presented a bill years ago. The reason they want it is so they can hold it up and wave it to the American people to parade through the halls of Washington with their little head on a stick and say, look what Donald Trump did. He's not a good businessman. That's what they want it for. Believe me. Or perhaps to catch him in something that the IRS commissioner didn't catch. But that's a pretty remote possibility. It's really about what? Politics. Once again, the Democrats are going to parade around with the tax return. Look at what Donald Trump did. He did this write-off, and he did that write-off, and he gets his money from this, and he gets his money. Now, what they're trying to claim is that Donald Trump is in violation of the Emoluments Clause. What the Emoluments Clause is in the Constitution, which is a high crime and misdemeanor, by which is an impeachable offense, is for the president of the United States to accept gifts from a foreign dignitary. The reason for the emoluments clause is to prevent the United States president from becoming a king, because that's what kings did. When you were a foreign dignity or you went to the king and you worshiped the, the king's altar, basically, and you asked for political favors and you paid him money. 
So it's an emoluments clause is basically bribery of a U.S. president, but it's it's designed to pre prevent a, a president from becoming a king. Okay. So they're trying to prove an emoluments viola violation because they've got it in their impeachment papers already. By the way, that that's true. If you read Elijah Cummings and, and the Black Caucus who have been promoting this impeachment thing, you know Maxine Waters is always screaming "Peach four to five. You know how she's doing that. They got paperwork for impeachment. There's a bill floating through Congress. It's already saying that Donald Trump has violated the emoluments clause. Not that we have any proof. We just have said that. So now they're looking for it. They're on a fishing expedition. Now what they don't know, and what Secretary Munchen knows, he says I don't have to. I don't have to uh, 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 submit to that U.S. subpoena. Now under normal circumstances a president can claim executive privilege to prevent a president from becoming answerable to Congress. The president is not answerable to Congress, and Congress is not answerable to the president. No branch of government is answerable to the other. Each has equal power, shared power. That is what protects tyranny, protects against tyranny, I should add, I should say. So Munchen has said, I'm not going to submit to the subpoena. And they say, well, wait a minute. What about U.S. Code 6103, Section 26? which says we can do this, that we're chairman of a committee and we're investigating. And he says, no, if you read into it, and he said this, and he says these exact words, and I quote. Uh, wait a second, I do it. He, he basically says that a you do not have a legal right to that because there is no legislative uh, need. It's a, it's a term. It's a, I think it's called lacks a legitimate legislative purpose. And it's in, in, the, in the code. If you read the code, it says we can request the tax returns if there's a reason. In other words, we're doing it. But there isn't one. And he's saying that there isn't one. It's a, it's a fine point in the code. It's a fine point in the law. Now, the letter ruling that was reported in the New York Times, I think it was the New York Times and the Washington Post, which says the IRS has made a letter ruling saying that the secretary has to submit when the House Ways and Means makes this request, no matter what, except there's a fine point that no one is mentioning. The letter ruling was a draft memo. It's the typical newspaper report. They get a hold of a draft memo and they don't realize that's not the official position of the IRS. There is no official position of the IRS. There's the only the code. So this is going to be, have to be something settled in the courts. And Secretary Munchen knows that. And so does the President of the United States. He doesn't need to invoke executive privilege because he is entirely within the law, in my opinion, having read the code. I doubt any of the celebrities tweeting out about this, about how it's how horrible and how much offense is going on and tyranny is going on, have actually read the code. I have. And if you read it, and I will post it to Facebook so that you can read it too, you will see... There has to be some sort of legislative purpose to this. And since there is no crime been committed, because why? Mueller's investigation said, no, there's nothing we can indict the president on. All the indictments have gone out at this point. And Attorney General Barr has made his statement saying, you know what? We're not going to try and look for any more, which has outraged the left to no end. Basically, you don't have a legitimate legislative purpose. So now... They get pissy with Secretary Munchen. Instead of saying to Secretary Munchen, like a professional, like an adult would, saying, listen, Congress has said that you have to submit, and he, you say no, okay, well, then we'll have to revert it back to the courts. 
But you understand, Secretary Munchen, that you have a responsibility to the American people. You have a responsibility to this House in ways, and you have a responsibility to Congress. And, you know, you're not the president of the United States. He has not invoked executive privilege. That's how the discussion should have gone. That's not how it, how it, how it went. Because why? Because idiots like Rashida Tlaib are in charge, who has no understanding of the Constitution, who has no understanding of concept of respect. She hates America, hates the people that work for it, hates people in the Trump administration. Her personal vitriol came out. She said to him, you can consult the department. He says, I, re- I would re- remiss as somebody that truly believes in the rule of law, as somebody that's practiced law as attorney, who gives a shit what you did as an attorney, Rashida, okay? I would advise you, Secretary, to get personal legal advice. This is an unusual statement. He is an employee of the federal government. He is one of the senior heads of the cabinet, Secretary of the Treasury. He doesn't take personal legal advice. Oh, yeah, he can do it. But normally, White House counsel advises him, this is what the president has said. This is what the president is going to do. And unless you want to resign your position, Secretary Munchen, you do what the president says. She said this smirking slightly. The cover-up by this administration, it goes beyond providing taxes. Didn't it, you know, Pelosi used that term too, cover-up. Rashida Tlaib, cover-up. Cover-up of what? I would immediately ask if I was Secretary Munchen, uh, Ms. Tlaib, Secretary Tlaib, uh, Congressman Tlaib, what is the cover-up? What are we covering up? No one seems to want to ask that question. I see some reporters do, asking them privately, what the hell are they come talking about cover-up? What's the cover-up? What's the crime? What, what specifically are we trying to cover up? Nobody can answer that. Not, not, Secretary, uh, not Secretary Munchen, not Rashida Tlaib, not Nancy Pelosi. No one can say what the cover-up was. Well, we're investigating that. Well, there has to be a crime. If you're you're going to cover up something, there has to be a crime. She then goes on to say, you can consult the Department of Justice, as he's supposed to do as Secretary of the Treasury, but you personally making decisions, not on the best part of the American people, but to cover up the occupant of the the White House. You know, what the hell? He's the president of the United States. He was legally elected. Can't you get over it? Can't you get over that Hillary Clinton didn't win? Apparently not. Occupant of the White House. What is he? Occupant. What is that? An, an address on a mail envelope. Occupant. I think you need to be very, very clear about what your role is and what your responsibility is to the American people. His responsibility to the American people is to do what the president asks. He's a member of the cabinet. Tlaib added, see, this is typical of the left. They always act with their heart rather than when they're with their head. They act... Instead of with the rule of law, they say, well, you have a responsibility to the American people. In other words, ignore the Constitution, ignore the law, ignore the normal way that a cabinet uh, member responds to the, sec- to the Congress, which does, he doesn't have to answer to anyone in Congress. He answers only to the president. Ignore all that. You have a responsibility. Some mo- higher moral out- morality exists over something, that do- a crime that didn't even happen, which you can't even label. To leave as so, Secretary, please seek out legal advice personally of what your obligations are because the Department of Justice is not protecting you, it's protecting the president. In other words, hey, listen, we're going to screw you over and we're going to put you in jail at some point, so you better get a lawyer. That's what she says to him in so many words. 
That's outrageous. That's outrageous for the cabinet to have to answer to Congress, that Congress thinks that they run the country. This is a woman who comes from a little district in Minnesota and represents a small constituents of people. She's going around telling the president what, how to, well, what the hell does she get off doing that? There is no humility by the people on the left. They're constantly talking about the rights of the American people, and they don't understand, listen, you're trampling the Constitution and what you're doing. I believe in the rule of law, personally. I believe in the Constitution. It's in black and white. It says it has certain responsibilities. There is also the intent of the men that wrote it. They wrote their thoughts down before they put the Constitution down. I've read that too. And let me tell you something. Nobody in the executive branch is answerable to Congress, just as well as Congress is not answerable to the president. But you have a responsibility to uphold the law. If you think that you should get president's tax returns, if you think you have a legitimate legislative purpose, why don't you tell the world what it is? But you won't. You constantly say uh, it's a cover-up. A cover-up of what? They never will tell that because there isn't anything. What they're doing is they're trying to go on a fishing expedition. They're trying to make the executive branch answerable to Congress. They're trying to violate the separation of powers and in doing so are trampling the Constitution. All because of some wackadoodle idea that we are a mass democracy, the American people. Well, 55 million people voted for Trump too. Don't they count? And this country is not run by the majority. It's run by who? By everybody. Everybody gets a say. From the state of Rhode Island and their little cities to the huge state of California and their big ones. Everyone gets an equal say. And if a certain percentage of those people, even if it's a minority, have an objection to the way things run, they got to say too. And that means nothing gets done. And they can't live with it. The Democrats can't live with the fact that they don't always get their way. That they're not the ones deciding on things. Doesn't matter if you have more than votes doesn't matter if you have all these people behind you. That's not how we run this country. We run the country based on what? I have a say too. Yes, I know you don't want to have white males have a say. I know you don't want Caucasians to have a say, but we have a say too. So does the black man. So does the Asian. So does the Rhode Islander. So does the Californian. So does the Minnesotan. You have an equal say. And so does the president, believe it or not. And he is not answerable to Congress. He cannot be. If you make the president answerable to Congress, then Congress runs the country. And that was never intended. It was intended for the president to run the country, Congress to run the country, and the judiciary to run the country. Each have an equal say and equal share in the power. We've got to move on. And Munchen is right. Listen, I'm the secretary of the treasury. The president has directed me not to turn over those paperworks. Department of Justice says I have the legal right, so I'm not going to do it. Good for him. Good for him for standing his ground. Because you know what? He is protecting the American people. Not you, Rashida Tlaib. You want a dictatorship. You want it where one party controls this, this government. And that is not going to happen. Ever. Even if Democrats control all three houses, the Republicans get a say too. And I remember when, when Obama had all three houses of government. He had a supermajority, could do whatever he wanted. He still couldn't get it done. And then the Republicans were labeled as what? Obstructionists. Good. That's the way it's supposed to be. So that even the smallest 
people, even the smallest minority, don't get trampled. That's how you get tyranny. We got to move on. I got to talk about Cuomo on CNN. He got snippy with his guests. And he got snippy over the same thing what we've been talking about. And this is, this is typical of what's going on in this country. It's a constant barrage of people getting snippy with each other and people getting upset with one another. And all because they all want their own way and they can't deal with the fact that Hillary Clinton lost. We'll be right back. So CNN's Cuomo was, had a couple guests on. And interestingly enough, he was doing a story much like we're talking about today. How come government is so dysfunctional? Really? I, that's what everybody's talking about this week. How dysfunctional government is. How everybody's at each other's throats. How nothing is getting done. What's going on with this investigation? What's going on with that? Because it's all you can talk about. Memorial Day weekend coming up. Nobody's getting anything done on the Hill. Nothing to talk about. The Mueller investigation is dead. Rachel Maddow, you know, is over there chewing on her foot because she doesn't know what to say because she's bet she bet the house on the Mueller investigation and now it's completely blown up in her face. Her ratings are tanking. CNNs are even worse. They don't know what to talk about on the air. Chris Saliza over there writing columns, which basically are just Donald Trump's an idiot. I mean, they're they're literally like John Cleese standing on the tower thumbing their nose. Hey, you Frenchman, you remember that scene? That's all they could do right now. That's all they got. So anyway, he's on his show and he's got a couple of Tea Party activists on. I don't know why. Because I, I understand why the Tea Party people are on there. And I understand why they're there because they want to get, you know, their name out. So Cuomo's got them on because nobody else will go on CNN, maybe, right? He decides to put on it. And I know why these guys over at CNN or MSNZ put these people on, these mom and pop people. The reason they do it is because they want to show how intellectually brilliant they are. And they want to try and blow them up on the air and show them, oh, see, look, I, I made fun of the Trump guy. And, 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 uh, and that's how show, I'll show them how smart I am. Except they kind of blew up in his face. He was having this discussion. And... He was asking about the investigations, and they were saying, well, look, these investigations on Donald Trump, they're all a bunch of nonsense. They all went nowhere. You spent all this money and all this taxpayer time and all of these senators and congressmen involved, and it's just a big waste of time. So Cuomo has to bring up Benghazi, and he says, nothing compared to Benghazi, Cuomo reacted, referring to the lawmakers' efforts to find out why a U.S. ambassador and others were killed at a U.S. government facility in Libya in September of 2012. Not a drop in the bucket compared to Benghazi, and you never complained about that. Well, actually, we did. We complained that it never went anywhere. And I told you, I, I remember specifically telling you, this will never go anywhere. And he has made a good point. Nothing ever came from all that money. You didn't complain about all that money, except some of us did. But the point is, and these activists mentioned it. He says, they asked Kramer, is, is, he spelled K-R-E-M-E-R. -E -E Kramer? Kramer? I don't know how to pronounce it. I'm sorry if you're Mr. Kramer. Anyway, so Kramer asked, well, why are you pushing back with, with Benghazi? 
And Cuomo said, because it was a sham and it took years and seven different hearings and it was a political charade. That, and then, and then Kramer respond, responded, that's right. And then, and then he, he yelled at the, at Kramer. He said, that's right. You guys took advantage of that and played on those lives and pretended that was your intention. And that when your intention was to smear the CNN anchor said, and that's when you did it. Now you want to pretend you're on high ground when you're playing low ball. Wait a second. Four people died at Benghazi. Four good people. That's the difference. There was an actual crime happened. Something went on at Benghazi. We spent an enormous amount of money trying to find out, and we never did. And he is right. Cuomo did make a good point. Republicans use that for political gain. There's no doubt about some congressmen. But the bottom line is this. We spent the money because four people got killed. Four people came home in flag-draped coffins, sir. And we still don't know what happened. Oh, Hillary Clinton said, what difference does it make? Hillary Clinton says, oh, it's my fault, but she was never held accountable. We still don't know what the hell was going on, what the hell those guys were doing here. Why the hell was the ambassador out in some compound in Benghazi at 3 a.m. while he was under attack with only two guards? What the hell was he doing there? Nobody knows. Oh, somebody does. Just nobody's talking. I'm sure it was some kind of secret spies thing some kind of black ops thing that who knows what. There's all kinds of rumors about it. I have my own theories about it. I've mentioned it on the pre-show. They were probably trying to help out the people who were in rebellion in Syria. They were probably trying to help out those terrorists, which is what they were. I don't know, maybe weapons or, or whatever. Well, I mean, there was all kinds of wild theories about what could have been going on, but it's a pretty good bet. We were doing something and we were moving it through that thing and the state department felt the ambassador needs to be on station needs to be at that exchange or for whatever reason and they wanted it to be a small operation that's why there were only a couple guys there they wanted to keep it on the down low and something went bad the problem is the american people need to know about it what the hell were we doing on there and we still don't know you would think that now that president obama's gone and there's no risk of political loss you would think that that something would have come out with the Benghazi investigation. That's something we would be told. Well, this was really what was going on. You know why we don't know? Because people would probably be going to jail today if we did know. See, that's the thing that bothers me. They didn't come up with any kind of legitimate story. Hillary Clinton said some sort of wackadoodle idea that a YouTube video enraged the local Libyans and they came in and just burned the place to the ground. That's a bunch of BS. We all know that to be a fake story now. The investigation showed that. What we don't know is why they were there. And we still don't. How come? Obviously, because we don't know something that we shouldn't know went on, right? Obviously, something they don't want us to know. And if they don't want us to know, you can bet it was both sides. Because if it was solely a Democrat thing, if it was solely Hillary Clinton's fault, believe me, they would have pinned it on her. It wasn't. And we don't know. And we did spend a lot of money. And it was a waste. But that doesn't mean you don't do it. And that doesn't mean that the Benghazi investigation was a waste of time because it was four people that got killed. Where is the crime in the case of, of Donald Trump? Give me some sort of accusation that you could pin on Donald Trump. The Mueller investigation spent years and tried to find anything they could and couldn't. 
it was one of the most partisan investigations ever, and they still couldn't find anything. So obviously the guy's clean. Well, not really. That's what they're saying. Okay, not really. What does that mean? What exactly did he do? What exactly are you accusing the president of, Mr. Cuomo? See, this is the thing that, that they never really want. It's all everybody dances around. That's why they don't put me, guys like me on the air. Because I would immediately stop at that point and go, what is the cover-up, sir? What exactly are you accusing people of? Exactly. Specifically. I don't want generalities. I want specifics. Because if you don't have specifics, it borders on libel and it borders on yellow journalism. Is that what you're doing, Mr. Cuomo? And of course, you get the kind of response. So they don't want that. They don't want that kind of conversation. So they put everybody on who gets along, everybody who's nice, nice. And then every now and then it gets a little testy. When he accuses them, oh, you guys, you guys. And I would immediately stop them at that point. And they never, they never did. What do you mean by you guys? Republicans? Conservatives? Or the American people have legitimate questions about why their ambassador in Libya got killed? Or how about those two soldiers that died, those two Navy SEALs? And what about the innocent bystander that got killed? What about Sean Smith that was just there doing a job for the State Department? What about him? Where's the justice for those people? Nobody put him on. See, they don't have balls to do that. That's what you got to have. Stone to steel, man. Brass, brass balls. You got to stand up to these guys. You can't just take it. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, we did spend a lot of money. Oh, well, there were four people that died. No, not four people. An ambassador. What the hell was he doing there? Did you investigate it, Mr. Cuomo? You're a journalist. Did you ever find out what happened there? Because the American people sure shit didn't. Aren't you outraged too as an American citizen that the ambassador in Libya is dead and nobody answered for it? Well, Senator Hillary Clinton said she was responsible. She said she made mistakes. Yeah, but what did she have, was she ever held accountable? See, these are the things that don't happen. These are the questions that need to be answered. It's not about money. It's about the false accusations, the hidden and veiled comments, the snippy and snide comments, because nobody has any friggin' balls to ask the real question. Nobody wants to put because they all want, they don't want the real answer. See, everyone always says we want the truth. Nobody really wants it. Nobody really wants to know what happened there. Nobody really wants to know what we were doing there. That's why we don't know. We have no idea. So this is, see, this is the thing. This is how wild conspiracy theories go out and, and, and suddenly gain traction, gain credibility. This is how these conspiracy sites thrive because government isn't truthful and forthcoming. Because journalists aren't doing their job, are basically opinion hosts. You know, we, we never would have found out the whole situation with Watergate if it wasn't Woodford, Woodward and Bernstein. It wasn't journalists doing their job. That's their job, to find out the truth, to report it to the American people. Have you seen any journalists do any real journalism? Really? Have you seen any real and hard-hitting investigations on Donald Trump? We found out something on our own. No. It's always what? False allegations based on some guy said something somewhere. It's never any, we've got something to, to show you. No, because you know why? Because there isn't anything, and they know it. It's always a snide, snippy comment. Well, you guys aren't smart. 
You guys aren't. You should think with your heart instead of your head. Everybody's a, a metrosexual male. Everybody's an, uh, a, an upset woman. Yeah, but you didn't do this. Everybody's in the hen house mode. Snide comments. Well, you know, Donald Trump isn't so smart. Donald Trump shot an 86, but he said he had an 83 on his scorecard. They actually did an article on CNN like that. Well, you know, he cheats at golf. Well, you know, he said something about a woman in the back of a bus. How dare he? It's never anything truthful. It's never anything real. And that's why government is so dysfunctional now. We all got a bunch of butthurt pansies. And everybody, nobody's got any balls to come out and say. And when we finally elected a president who does have some and basically said, no, I'm not going to sign any legislation until you knock off these false allegations, everybody acts shocked. I'm not shocked. I'm glad he did it. Let's take a break. It's just, <sighs> I want some truth, man. I want somebody to stand up for me. And that's why Donald Trump got elected, because all of these people are in charge. Really. People were tired of it. People were tired of the snide, sippy comments. People were tired of the glad-handing. We wanted somebody outside the system. They were tired of the Republicans saying they were going to get to the bottom of it with Hillary Clinton and never did. They were tired of people like Hillary Clinton basically acting like an imbecile and, and calling people deplorables. So they elected somebody who was outside the system. And now everybody's in an outrage that we did that. Oh, well. Let's take a break. I want to talk about New York's unconstitutional attempt at trying to get Trump's tax returns. We'll be right back. And we're back. So New York has taken it on their own and decided to pass legislation saying that the president must provide tax returns or else. We're not going to put you on the ballot. We're going to demand the president's tax returns. It's unconstitutional, blatantly. I mean, they're, they're not even shy about it anymore with the Democrats. They really aren't. For years, the Republican Party has accused Democrats of being what? Un-American, communists. In some cases, they're right. But basically, just tearing up the Constitution. The Democrats always deny it. They say, we're Americans too. We believe in America too. We just want to fix it. They're always saying we want to fix America. Doesn't need fixing. So now they feel that fixing America means getting the president's tax returns. It's plainly unconstitutional. The Constitution specifically lays out the terms of being a president. You have to be X amount of years old. You have to disclose certain financial reports to Congress. That is a congressional uh, interpretation of it. You have to provide disclosure to the American people about who you are. And then you have to file this form with government. You have to have a certain amount of names on the petition. In other words, you can't have just anybody saying, I want to run for president. Well, you can, but you have to have a certain amount of names on the petition. You have to disclose your financial statements, which Donald Trump did, about where your money comes from, how much you have, what financial assets you have with foreign countries, because you have to divest yourself as president of the United States, understandably. He filed all the appropriate paperwork. Where were you born? Not to go on another subject, but you know what I'm talking about. Where's your birth certificate? Here it is. 
He filed all the appropriate paperwork per the Constitution. Now, after the fact, New York says, we want his tax returns too. You can't do that. First of all, it's unconstitutional at the federal level, but let's talk about it at the state level. A state can't pass a law that affects federal, federal jurisdiction. They have no jurisdiction in the case. It's a very simple case. The Constitution spells out the specific reasons. If you want a president to turn over his tax returns before he becomes president or before he appears on the ballot, then you need to do it with a constitutional amendment in addition to the disclosure forms or congressional legislative action. Congress has to do it. They have the jurisdiction of it. They have the right to pass a law and the president has to sign it. In other words, all three branches have to agree that it's a law that you turn over your tax returns. Good luck getting it through the Senate and past the president's desk. They know that. They know there's no way that Donald Trump is going to sign a bill that is retroactively applied to him that puts a constitutional requirement of, of ex disclosing your tax returns on the president of the United States. Ain't going to happen. So what are they going to do? We'll just get around the Constitution. We'll find, sign it into law in New York. They know it's unconstitutional. They know damn well it's unconstitutional. But they want to appeal to the idiot constituents, people like celebrities, people like, you know, your idiot uncle that sits around the Thanksgiving table and tells you what, how awful Donald Trump is. They want to appeal to that person and say, look, we're doing something. They're not doing anything except wasting the taxpayer money and wasting the taxpayer's time. There is no way, no way in hell that a state regulation is going to pass constitutional muster on what a president has in order to take office or hold office. And a name has to appear on the ballot in order for a president to be, oh, they don't give me that line about, oh, well, they can write him in. Uh, sorry. You're damaging his ability to compete on an equal playing field. It's unconstitutional. It violates the, the Constitution in 16 different ways, not to mention the 14th Amendment of Equal Protection. You can't do that. They know it. They know damn well. But it's the typical arrogance of the left, isn't it? Once again, arrogance. We know best. We know how to fix things. We know how to make it right because Donald Trump shouldn't be president because he's a naughty man. He's naughty. He said this about women. We can't let him be president. It's always about that, isn't it? It's never about, well, listen, this guy's inappropriate as president because he committed this crime and that crime, and we need to impeach him because of this high crime and misdemeanor per the Constitution. No, it's never about that. It's never about that. Anytime these guys come on on TV, like Elijah Cummings, he was on TV the other day, talking about impeachment. Brett Baer asked him a, a very point-blank question. Well, what exactly did Donald Trump do that was impeachable? Well, he did these things that weren't appropriate. Well, uh, how is that illegal? Well, we'll talk about that later. Well, no, let's talk about it now. You came on my show. I'm a journalist. I'm asking you, what specifically did Donald Trump do that's illegal? Well, we'll have to talk about it. And then he deducted it once again. They never answer the question directly. It's always the snide, the snippy little thing, the hen house shit that goes on all the day. And I'm sorry if I've been cussing a lot lately. I'm sorry about my foul language. But I'm from New York. And when you see things like this, you use that kind of language. It's hen house crap. It really is. All the little hens clucking. Yeah, roosters in the hen house. Roosters in the hen house. We can't let them out here. You know, it's like, you know what Congress is like now? 
It's like a mass session of The View with a hundred angry women, and they're all complaining about the boyfriend that jilted all of them. That's what it's like. That's what you ever seen those sitcoms where the guy sits in a room full of women who are angry at him? Same thing. It's just like that. And that's how you run to want to run this country. And you know what's terrible? You know what's really awful? is that the American people are so misinformed, so badly educated by our broken education system, they don't know any better. They really don't. These millennials are coming out of school. They're lining up for socialism. My God. I mean, it's madness. It really is. It really is. Anyway, we're out of time. (laughs) I went too long today. I think. I didn't watch the clock today. But I got to tell you, Government is as dysfunctional, as maddening as it could be right now. And all because nobody has a really basic good understanding of what the Constitution says, what the responsibilities are of their job. And it's all really, when you get really down to it, the, the, it's the functioning of our education system. We're producing row after row of idiot. And we're really, that's what we're doing. They don't have any understanding of what makes a country go, what makes America great why we're here, how we became great, and they're all just snipping and snipping and getting in and getting mad instead of saying, well, listen, Donald Trump's a problem because he represents a different ideology, but let's tell the American people about why liberalism works. No, they're not going to do it that way. That, that's the way we've been doing it for 200 years. We're just going to throw all that out of the window, and we're going to pull that hen house crap, flapping their wings because they don't know any better. We're out of time. We're out of time for the week. I'm dizzy. <laughs> I'm dizzy with frustration. But at the same time, it's a sick frustration. Because I'm kind of glad that big government isn't getting things done. And industry, in a, as a result, because nothing is getting done in government, because government isn't looking up their ass all the time, the economy is getting stronger every day. It literally is getting stronger every day. It's hard to believe, isn't it? We're going, we're clipping along at three plus percent growth, and we're probably going to increase that number next year. Unemployment is so low, they're they're thinking of ways of building robots to do the job. That's that's a fantastic thing. I remember the last time the economy was this good it was 1983, Reagan and Re- Reagan Revolution was starting to take hold. Money was literally falling out of trees. It was a great time to be alive. I was a young man during that time. And believe me, me and my family cashed in on it. We're still riding that train. I got to tell you, it's happening again. And it's such a joy to see. After eight years, eight years of misery under President Obama and a lesser misery with the Bushes and Bill Clinton, I'm so glad to see things happening again. They're building homes again. They're building businesses. I'm seeing businesses go up left and right. Stores fill in all the empty holes and the strip malls. It's a wonderful thing. America is working again. I love it. It makes me feel alive. It makes me feel good about America. The fact that we're working again, that we're producing And it's going to culminate with a colony on the moon, maybe in my lifetime. Certainly, we're going back in my lifetime, hopefully. 2024, that's what they say. That's a sight to see. I want to be here for that. 
I'm just sad that I'm never going to be one of the people to do it. I, I know I'm too old. I, you know, they're not going to send somebody like me up there. But it's going to be something to see. The other day I posted a personal Facebook. I'm going to go along on the show. My personal Facebook, a live camera, close-up, telescope. You can get it from NASA, of the moon, just rotating in orbit. It was a full moon. It was very bright. And I posted it. I said, look at it now. Look at it carefully because you're never going to see that again. In a few years, we're going to start to see colonies appear on the moon. In a few more, maybe 100 years, there'll be cities on the moon. The moon is pristine now. Behold it. It's a marvel to see. Can you imagine seeing the American West when it was brand new, before there were cities, before there were roads? How wonderful, how beautiful it's been. I've been out in the, in the Owens Valley in Death Valley. I've seen some of it. it. It's an awe-inspiring sight. Look at the moon that way now. Because someday you won't be able to ever again. Anyway, we're out of time for today. Take care, folks. Enjoy your week. Have a good one. the dealer. I'm out of the game. If you are the...